Amen. So if you'll find Psalm 130, uh, we've been going through uh, the catechism, uh, but I thought it would be a good idea to take just a couple-week break here as we're preparing for uh, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. And uh, you may have noticed our theme this year, which you'll see especially on Christmas Eve, is the idea of waiting with hope. Waiting with hope. Um, We see in those early Luke uh, passages uh, that people, Luke makes really clear, there's people who are waiting uh, for the consolation of Israel. Uh, You have Simeon the prophet. You have Anna the prophetess. Uh, you, you have a sense that even Zechariah and Elizabeth, all these uh, faithful and righteous people are, are so because they're waiting, longing for the Messiah to come, um, and, and it had been for many generations. And so Advent is this sort of unique time in uh, the, the church year where we try to get in the mindset of what, is it, what was it like to wait and not have the New Testament in front of us and not have Christ uh, having come yet, but waiting and looking ahead to his coming. And so we sort of look back, but then we look forward and realize we are in a period of waiting now. So he has come and he will come again. Um, uh, we have so much more in the sense that he's already come and we've received salvation. And, and now we're waiting for him to come and consummate it all. And yet we are a people that wait. Um, and then in the struggles of life, we feel that even more. So let me read Psalm 130 for you. And I think you'll see why... Um, why we picked it here as we, if, if the theme is waiting with hope, Psalm 130 um, could answer the question, what does it mean to wait with hope? What does that even look like? Uh, so let me read Psalm 130. Uh, Psalm 130, a song of a sense. Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. O Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my pleas for mercy. If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness, that you may be feared. I wait for the Lord. My soul waits, and in his word I hope. My soul waits for the Lord, more than watchmen for the morning. More than watchmen for the morning. O Israel, hope in the Lord. For with the Lord there is steadfast love, and with him is plentiful redemption. And he will redeem Israel. From all his iniquities. And this is Psalm 130. And uh, we'll look at the first half of it tonight, and then next week we'll take up that second half. The second half, starting in verse 5, of course, goes right into this that theme. What does it mean to wait with hope? Um, but it's interesting, as we look at the first half tonight, you, you see this is a song of ascents. Uh, you might have remembered a few months ago we looked at another psalm of ascent. Ascent meaning ascending to Jerusalem. Uh, these uh, Psalms of Ascent, Psalms 120 through 134 in your Bible, you'll probably see that title, uh, Song of Ascent. Uh, we think that these were uh, the songs that the pilgrims would sing together as they traveled to Jerusalem for the different festivals, for Passover, uh, for the Feast of Booths, for these different festivals that uh, God's people would gather in Jerusalem. Uh, and along the way, uh, these Psalms would be their playlist, as it were, Right. And so um, it's interesting to think of them in that sense, that sort of along the pilgrim path, what do you sing? Uh, Along the pilgrim path, when there's dangers all around, when there's no guarantee that you're going to make it to Jerusalem and back in this day and age, uh, when people are dealing with their own struggles and just the normal ups and downs of life, um, we have the whole Psalter, but then we have this sort of precious, right right here toward the end of the Psalter, uh, these songs especially, 
uh, because just like we're between the two advents of Christ, we too are pilgrims. Uh, We're heading uh, toward the day when the new heavens and the new earth will come down, Uh, but we are on our way, and so we need this playlist. Um, uh, Dr. Furtado, who's one of my professors, and uh, his commentary is wonderful on the Psalms, he says this, to journey to Jerusalem was to journey to the presence of God, to receive the blessings needed for life. And so the pilgrims were heading to Jerusalem. That's where God was to be found, most especially in that day, uh, especially through the temple worship. And so uh, the pilgrim people would be singing these songs along the way. And if we look at the first uh, two things here, then, if we're thinking of this idea of waiting with hope, and that's certainly a huge theme of this psalm, we're going to look at verses 1 and 2 and then verses 3 and 4. And if we ask the question, what does it mean to wait with hope, or what's included as we're waiting with hope, well, number one, um, what's included is is pleading for help, verses 1 and 2. Uh, it might be, you know, you might have remembered or known verse 5 and 6. That, that's what was sort of memorized in my heart. So it might strike you that the psalm starts out, Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. O Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my pleas uh, for mercy. Uh, these words fit... Uh, very similar to Psalm 13 and some other psalms we've looked at that we've called psalms of lament. You might remember uh, that we said that about 65 of the psalms in the Psalter are psalms of lament of some sort, uh, where God's people are coming to God and bringing their plea for help, uh, often bringing their uh, complaint, uh, you know, this is my situation, Lord, would you help me? Um, And it, it, again, it might be striking to us that so many of the psalms have this, uh, but perhaps the more life that we experience, the more we realize, uh, praise the Lord, <laughs> that 65 of these psalms um, are really psalms of lament. And if you remember psalms of lament, you know, Martin Luther said that it, in psalms of lament, hope despairs and despair hopes. You kind of have this movement. Uh, it's a movement from lament to praise, a movement from despair to prayer, a movement from pain to peace. And so uh, you have these psalms, and to varying degrees, some of them kind of just hang on that first part. And there's some psalms that just kind of end right there in the tension. Most of them sort of make that movement uh, toward um, toward praise, toward trust, which we see in this, you know, o Israel, hope in the Lord, uh, for with him is steadfast love. And in some ways, the whole Psalter itself does this sort of movement. And so you see that in verses 1 and 2, that as we're waiting with hope, if you think of Simeon, if you think of those early people in the Gospel of Luke, as they were waiting with hope, um, you know, until uh, this day when it, it's announced to them that Jesus would be born, I mean, what are, what are they busy with? What are they doing? What does it mean to wait with hope? Well, they were certainly calling out to God for help, both in the, in, in the big prayer that God would send his Messiah, but in the ups and downs of life, right? And we said Zechariah and Elizabeth would be praying for a child. Um, we don't know what other prayers that Simeon prayed for, even as he prayed for the Messiah to come. And so this is part of our life. Part of the Christian life is pleading for help. Um, and, and that will be true until Christ comes back <laughs> uh, to, to rescue us once and for all uh, from our enemies, um, from our, the presence of sin. Uh, and so as we wait with hope, we plead for help. But we also, verses 3 and 4, we uh, pray for forgiveness. And this might be striking as well. So he's pleading for help, and then he's praying for forgiveness, even before we get to those beautiful lines of verses 5 and 6. Um, if you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? 
but with you there is forgiveness that you may be feared. Um, some of you might have that memorized. Uh, those are good verses to have memorized, right? If, if, if God would mark iniquities, if he would have a book where he wrote down every single iniquity, the act, the heart behind it, uh, the thought that we had about it, the reason we did it, um, who could stand, right? And, and that's what the Christian knows. Uh, we know that uh, we have no pretense that uh, even if we could sort of jerry-rig the, wrist, the, the list a little bit in our favor, even that wouldn't do it. We wouldn't be able to stand uh, for the wages of sin uh, is death, right? And the psalmist knows this. Um, and this is a good reminder because there's some psalms when the psalmist is saying, oh, Lord, you know, judge me according to my righteousness. Uh, he doesn't mean, uh, oh, Lord, mark my iniquities because I could definitely stand. He's just saying, in this situation, I'm innocent. Would you uh, help me with my enemies? Here, uh, the psalmist uh, is, is it, it's just honestly saying, if you would mark my iniquities, who could stand? Uh, but the gospel is right here in Psalm 130, right? Because it doesn't stop there. It says, but with you, there is forgiveness that you uh, may be feared. Uh, isn't that wonderful? Uh, both the, f- the good news that there is forgiveness, and we see at the end of the psalm, there is steadfast love and there's plentiful redemption. Don't you love that? Um, right? It, 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 there's plentiful redemption. <laughs> uh, he, it, it's not just sort of there, or uh, there might be just enough to get you through, uh, but there's plentiful redemption, outpouring on, on God's people. And that's why he says in, in verse 8, which we're skipping ahead, but he will redeem Israel from all his iniquities. The language there could mean all types of iniquities, uh, but either way, it's it, it, everything. He's going to redeem Israel from everything. Think of verse 8 being on the lips of Simeon as he's waiting for the Messiah to come, right? Uh, he's being called to hope in the Lord. God will redeem Israel from all his iniquities. He was holding on to that promise uh, in the future, but also present as a, as a believer, and, and we have the same uh, kind of promise as well. Um, you know, it, verses 1 and 2, we don't know the situation that the psalmist is facing, why the psalmist is crying out for help. We don't know if there's enemies or opposition or if, it, or if it's his own sin. But I, I think it's true that, you know, opposition is hard. When we face persecution, when we face uh, people defaming us, I mean, that's difficult. That's heavy. But, but the weight of internal sin is unbearable, right? Um, in other words, we could be persecuted. As Christians, we would rather be persecuted but have freedom in Christ from our sin uh, than, um, and then have no opposition but be carrying around this weight of guilt and shame. Um, you know, perhaps you've, you know, you've done something or said something either to your spouse or a family member, and, um, you know, they're at work all day, and so you don't have a chance yet to sort of reconcile with them. And just the weight of that day, just waiting for the time when you could just sit down with them and and, and you know that it's not going to be a big deal, but uh, just the wait until you can get that off your shoulders to say, I'm sorry, would you forgive me? Um, think of our friends and family that don't know Christ that are carrying around this uh, just unbearable weight, uh, whether they know it or not. And so we pray for them, and we thank God for the weight that he has lifted from our shoulders. And it leads us to praise. <clears throat> he says, with you there is forgiveness <clears throat> that you may be feared. Uh, isn't that wonderful? Not uh, You know this, but not feared in the sense of being afraid, running away from God, uh, but feared as in respecting, worshiping, praising God, magnifying his name, as Mary uh, showed us this morning in the text. 
And so along the pilgrim path, uh, even as we're waiting for Christ to come back, these, this next big and final redemptive moment, uh, even as we're waiting uh, in the midst of some of the challenging things that we face, all along the way, we're asking forgiveness. We're, uh, our sin is being revealed to us. Um, we are being forgiven in Christ. Uh, by the Spirit, we're seeing that sin be taken down and down uh, as he uh, chips away um, at, at the, at the uh, sin that clings so closely uh, to us. This is just part of the pilgrim journey, uh, this side of the new heavens and the new earth, uh, that even as we're awaiting with hope, we are uh, dealing with that sin uh, as, it, as it comes and finding that freedom. And that sort of leads us to this tension uh, that you see in the New Testament of, in one sense, we, have, we already have it all. We, we have salvation. Christ has come. Uh, so Paul will, will talk about salvation in the past tense. You know, you have been saved. Uh, but Paul will also talk about salvation in the future tense. You know, you will be saved. Or all creation is eagerly awaiting the day uh, when, when the saints will, um, will come into the fullness of their salvation. Uh, and, and, and so that is sort of this beautiful tension that we live in uh, as, we, as we confess our sins to him, as we're reminded of uh, the status that we have as children of God. Uh, we will never be more children of God than we are now. We will never be more forgiven than we are now. Um, and yet, we're awaiting the day uh, when not just the guilt of sin, which has already been taken care of, uh, but the very presence of sin will be done away with. Uh, where we actually won't have to do verses 3 and 4. We, we won't be praying for forgiveness because we will be in Christ's presence, uh, made holy in him. And so we can both eagerly await that day, uh, but also celebrate the forgiveness uh, that we have uh, even now. And so waiting with hope then uh, means that we plead for help along the pilgrim path. We pray for forgiveness along the pilgrim path. And that means that we find peace along the pilgrim path, even as we journey, even as there's dangers, even as there's strife and suffering and sickness and confusion uh, all along the pilgrim path, we're being led, as it were, by the hand, by our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so this is all part of waiting with hope. And next week, we're going to see uh, just those beautiful verses, starting in verse 5, and really dig into what, is it, what does it mean uh, to wait with hope. Uh, but let's pray uh, now. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it speaks to every aspect of our, of our human experience, uh, that you inspired uh, these psalmists to give us uh, songs that would uh, lift us up uh, when we are uh, in the mire, uh, that they would encourage us, that they would challenge us. I pray, Lord, for those here and uh, uh, those uh, not present here that are part of our church, that you would uh, help us in the midst of our great need right now. If, if there are those who need to plead for help, uh, that you would help them to do that in the spirit. Uh, I pray, Lord, that we would be people quick to certainly quick to forgive, but quick to bring our confession to you. Uh, Lord, help us uh, not be a people that hold on to those things, but instead bring them uh, to you, uh, that we could find forgiveness uh, and freedom in Christ. Uh, be with us now as we uh, prepare to uh, travel home. Uh, give us rest uh, tonight, and uh, we pray this uh, in Jesus' name. Amen.